of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Pondonas, this 4th of November 2018. Did you know it's only one month remaining? I'm accounting November. One month remaining up until the, the, the year just goes up in flames, so to speak. Well, I suppose it is time, always time, wise to prepare for the end of the year. Yes, I'm talking to you. Prepare yourself. For the end of the year. Tonight on the program on Facts of Faith, we focus on an issue that is supposed to be not so worrisome. Right? Um, things that are supposed to be not a big deal. When you listen to people talking about them, it's not a big deal. Have you ever seen people wearing dreadlocks as we would know them? Yeah. And when you ask them about them, uh, they seem not to even know where it comes from, the idea of wearing dreadlocks. Yes, dreadlocks. It seems as though when you go back into the history of dreadlocks, they have a religious origin. For example, they are found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6. It is supposed to be done by a person who has taken a vow of the Nazarite. But you notice people just put on dreadlocks on their heads without even knowing where they come from. Many of them even argue there is nothing dreadful about them. Who cares? You don't even know what you have on your head. Uh, but then again, for them, it really doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's a hairdo to them. Have you noticed how people use words like amen even though they don't believe in any religion? How they use such words like my God, even though they are not theistic. They don't believe in any theological being or theistic being out there, but they use phrases like God, Jesus. Have you ever heard people using phrases like those and they don't even believe in this Jesus? And some people who would swear on the Bible, even though they don't believe in the Bible. Have you noticed how people would use the Holy Supper as a euphemism or an expression, an idiomatic expression? Have you noticed how people would wear big beards and not even know why they're wearing those big beards? It's just a, a hairdo. And yet you notice with religious communities, almost all these things have a religious significance. Now we're talking about medical male circumcision and yet the origins thereof are religious. They are not just medical, but they are religious. Medical purposes being part of the religious initiative of initiating or circumcising boys at eight days. But we find that now it's just commonplace. Are you cut? Yeah, I'm cut. Oh, you cut? No, I'm not cut. No, I don't believe in that nonsense. It seems to be commonplace. Now that I've given you these examples, I'm hoping you can understand the question. Should religious rituals meant for religious purposes consecrated for religious purposes be used in the circular environment should rituals meant for religious consecrations be open for non-religious use we know that it is happening but we're asking the question should it be so churches that were then consecrated and dedicated to some deity or some other god whether it's a church or a mosque or a synagogue or a temple 
consecrate it to some deity and then you buy it and say, oh, this is a beautiful architectural find. And then you redesign that whole thing and you put in your couches there and live there. Or one, it was a temple for Buddha. Now it is used for a Christian community. Should those be allowed? Is it something that should be done? At some point, it was a synagogue, but now it is no longer. People use it as a bar, for example. Is it possible that perhaps we may be missing something here? How things that were supposed to be holy or consecrated or dedicated for particular religious purposes are now used for any purpose whatsoever? This is our question for today. It's not supposed to be a big issue. But you realize that when you speak to people or members of those various communities, they do take it as a serious matter. Should we? Should these rituals really be exclusive to the religious community? Should we really bother ourselves when people saying it is for a particular religious community and you are not allowed to use that? That's our question for today. You find people wearing rosaries all the time. And for them, it's just a, well, a jewelry item. You cannot really be picky about a rosary. It's just a jewelry. A lot of people wear necklaces now, that's what they are called now, or chains with crosses on them. And they don't even believe in what the cross stands for. Whether it stands for Tammuz, or whether it stands for Yeshua, it really doesn't matter to them. Or whether it stands for the Roman God to which they were meant during the times of Yeshua. That's our question for today. Should these things that were purposed and designed, created, originated for religious purposes be allowed for circular purposes? I'm Naya Lupondon. This is Facts of Faith. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. So you're invited to joining the conversation from the very beginning. You heard the question. Please don't wait to hear what other people are going to say. I would like to hear your opinion right off the bat. I hate the phrase, but hey, I'm using it now. 0891-104-207. 0891-104-207. Is it permissible? As far as your deity is concerned, does your deity permit people to use things that have been consecrated for his or her purposes or their purposes for other purposes? Is it okay to use an altar of this one for this one? Is it really permissible? Well, I'd like to hear your take. Joining us to give us some perspective, we do have Rabbi David Nossel, a community rabbi of Waverly Shul and a qualified medical doctor and no stranger to the program. Good evening to you, Rabbi, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. It's my honor and privilege. 
Actually, it is my honor and privilege. You are the expert. I'm just a student. I've forgotten there's an interview for... Okay. And therein lies another problem. We have uh, the bishop joining us on the line now. Bishop Joshua Maponga is a cultural activist, a writer, fighter of spiritual colonialism, and he joins us now on the line. He forgot. Bishop, good evening to you, and thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank you very much. How are you, sir? Not so well that you're going to forget about this problem, Bishop. It really is bothering me that you forget about us. But hey, you're for- here now. I forgot about you. I don't visit us remotely. Oh, you got visitors. All right. Uh, now joining us also is our sister Tamarin Lee, member of the Rastafari community. She joined us, giving us some perspective from the Rastafari community. Good evening to you, sister. And thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, greetings in the name of the Most High. We give thanks for life and love, as is in Zion. Uh, glad to be a part of the conversation. Greetings to all the listeners. I trust everybody as well. All right. Thanks for life. Let's get down to it now. And um, for those of you who'd like to join in the conversation, you can join us right now, 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. If you prefer to send a text message, you can do so. Send the text message to 40938, 40938. And the WhatsApp line is 0614-104-107, 0614-104-107. This week on At The Table, we visit Kunu Restaurant at Johannesburg's five-star section hotel where the executive chef, Chef Jane Therese Maori, will be preparing us one of her innovative and flavor-inspired three-course meals. Our special guest is radio and television personality Bongani Enex, who will be joining us to share highlights of his career over the past 20 years. Don't forget to catch At The Table this Wednesday at 8.30 only on SABC3. Well, let's get down to our conversation. Um, uh, I want us to hopefully be as as, as as direct as possible to all of you. And um, please let your responses not be as circuitous as they tend to be from time to time because we don't have much time and we have a lot of ground to cover. So I'm going to believe, b- begin with you, um, uh, the, the, the newcomer in the panel, Sister Tamarin Lee. Sister Tamarin, I want us... Okay. Um, I want us to go. My producer is talking in my ear. Okay, let's go to Rabbi. Um, uh, uh, let's start off from you. you. Your response to this question: Do you believe that it is permissible, okay, acceptable um, for ma- objects, whether it is rituals or object meant for religious purposes, to be done uh, in the circular environment? I would put it exactly the other way around. Not is it permissible for the rituals to be used in the secular environment, but is it permissible for the rituals not to be used in the secular environment? Meaning, for sure, that's what they were there for. There is no ritual without an intended message, without an intended purpose, without an intended virtue. That's what they're there for. Certainly that's how I understand it. Uh, you changed the question there and that threw me off, Rabbi. So what exactly are you saying? That I can use a synagogue for a shabin, for example? Well, if uh, shabin's a little bit uh, beyond the pale of necessarily being a place of virtue. It might be, but it might not be. I didn't say religious ritual is a place to have fun. It's not a place to enjoy one. It's a place of virtue. 
the place of contribution. So we, we cannot use religious uh, objects, rituals for any other use but that which it was purposed for. Is that what you're saying? We shouldn't. Whether we can or cannot is different. We should not. Okay. They are not I understand. for decorative purposes. Yes, sure. I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. No, okay. we should not do that. We have um, in your book of number six, The Vow of a Nazarite, does yes. it still apply? It doesn't seem we have seen many Nazarites or declared Nazarites in South Africa. So is it wrong for people to wear these locks on their head, even though the origins thereof are for the Nazarite? Next time you go to Jerusalem, um, maybe I can point out the address of a few Nazarites. Okay. okay. They still exist. They still exist. Okay. Even though it's, it's a rare find in South Africa and many other circular communities. It is a rare find. It's a rare find in Jerusalem as well, yeah. and in Israel as well. And, and the reason for that is, in, according to our understanding, um, it does say that um, it's, it's, it's not so simple. A Nazarite, he's going to have to ask for forgiveness for depriving himself or herself of the beauty of God's creation. Yeah. A Nazarite's got to withhold him or herself from wine and grape products, and for that reason, that's not the ideal. The ideal is to partake of God's world in order to be of blessing to it. And the, the Nazarite actually separates him or herself from aspects of the world. Yeah. And therefore, the, the Bible says, and the Nazarite shall bring a sin offering. Yeah. So effectively, even the dietary restrictions of a Nazarite, which have been prescribed by the likes of you, and when I say you, I mean medical practitioners, doctors, they encourage that diet of a Nazarite. Um, well, notwithstanding that there are some other things, uh, like <laughs> any grape for that matter, a Nazarite is not allowed to, which you, you, you're okay with. But there are, these dietary restrictions seem to be a healthy dietary protocol for anybody these days. So when somebody restricts themselves and confines themselves to that diet, is that still uh, holy? So this is the point. I don't think, again, because of my, I couldn't say this with my medical background, I don't think that the uh, general thought and general practice is that everybody should withhold themselves from wine. It's those who are susceptible. Okay. Those who are vulnerable. And it's those who are susceptible and vulnerable where it has a profound benefit. Yeah. But if we're not susceptible and we're not vulnerable, so then, no, that's not the path we should take. We should engage. We should partake and we should use it for a blessing. So basically, if it was meant for holy purposes, for a holy people, then uh, it should be restricted to that. Is that what you're saying? I would, I would say if it was for a holy purposes and a holy people, we should all have been uh, required to do it. Why only the few? The answer is because it's not for everybody. It's not for the holy people. It's for those people who recognize within themselves a vulnerability and a susceptibility and have the maturity to recognize that particular um, concern and to act on it, in that lies the holiness. But if I don't have that p- particular um, um, vulnerability to engage with it is not the ideal. But then again, with your community, you do know for a fact that within the temple you had uh, certain areas from which uh, uh, 
non-Jews would not be able to go through that part of the, of, of the temple, uh, even though they may have an understanding, an intellectual and a, a maturity, as you use the word, uh, to appreciate uh, the purpose for which that was designed or created. But still, there was that segregation that excluded certain people from entering into those areas purely because of their nationality. I want you to respond to this shortly after the break. Cherry Jazz Festival 2018 on the 10th of November at Fixbeck Showground. We have Sabotsula, Hot Sticks, Bustinova, Semito, Mamiki, Duhai, Singu, Amanda Black, Distraction Boys, and many more. DJs, NIC, Buddha, Finzo, CQ. Tickets available at Computicket from 300 and 350 at the gate. Remember, no pass out. Gates open at 10 a.m. Quilla box allowed. One per person. Cherry Jazz Festival 2018. Oh, so you don't cricket? Hmm? Surely you're tired of the same car wash over and over. I mean, wouldn't you prefer the hot sun? Cool people and even cooler cooler boxes. Fastballs, hot sixes, AB, Amla, Mexican waves, DJ Fresh being DJ Fresh. Doesn't that feel like summer? Domsanzi Super League. Catch all the action live on SABC3 and SABC radio stations from the 16th of November to the 16th of December. Get your tickets at Ticket Pro. Brought to you exclusively by the SABC, the official broadcaster of the Mzanzi Super League. Fast, fun, for all. All right, um, worried about work, having a career crisis? Don't panic. Watch Ispani catch us on SABC 1 every Tuesday at 2 p.m. and get on the Presa Pusha Panda path to your future. Get your grind going with our hustlers as they share their journey to the working world. What better way to prepare than learning from the hustlers making it happen? Ispani, SABC 1, Tuesday at 2 p.m., brought to you by SABC. BC Education, Enriching Minds, Enriching Lives. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. All right, um, uh, let's bring in um, uh, the bishop. Um, uh, bishop, from your perspective, is, is this permissible or are we just being finicky? Excuse me, I didn't hear the question. Is it allowed for us to use things or to in- allow people to do things that were originally meant for religious purposes. I gave examples, um, well, before you came in, before you joined in the conversation. Uh, the example was dreadlocks today are a hairdo, even though they originated in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, as a vow of a Nazarite, part of the things to be done by a Nazarite. And I gave another example of buildings that were consecrated to a church, temple, God somewhere and then people buy it and then they restructure that and they use it as a pub or a house for that matter or when people wear rosaries now which are meant to be for a particular purpose in the Catholic Church and so forth. Examples like those. Is it permissible to take things that were originally meant for religious use and use them for circular purposes? I think we're dealing with a very dynamic society in the 21st century. Firstly, we must understand that these relics, uh, sites, fashion, drink, and um, the designation of Nazarene lifestyles or traditional, for example, traditional African sort of uh, rituals and stuff like that, 
used to be sacred only for the purposes of which it was intended. But right now we're dealing with a fashionable uh, society. Uh, in the midst of fashion, we are seeking for our history, though without necessarily understanding and fully appreciating some of these rituals and activities. On the, on the example that you are raising, for example, of buildings that have been designated for certain particular purposes, whether those places have high energy connectivity or they have been dedicated or they've, they've, they are directly involved in terms of evoking certain types of spirits, whether it is clothing and their whole fraternity. The person who is using it or the person who is practicing whatever it is that they are practicing, I think there needs to be some amount of understanding as to do I prescribe, do I agree with the, with the, with the kind of spiritual space that I'm moving into. In the event, for example, where old buildings, when you watch movies, not even movies, even some real stories like in Britain and et cetera, where they came to Africa, beheaded some certain people during the conquest, took those heads, parts of the bodies, and then they dug those bodies into the foundations of their own buildings creating some of more or less like a haunted sort of a house because they believed in the spiritual powers of these bodies will increase their protection, sort of, so to speak. Now, you come in a few years later, you buy yourself into such a property, or you get a rosary, for example, that has been dedicated for a certain type of use. You buy a ring, for example, that has been sacrificed or ceremonies have been done around it and certain spirits have been evoked. Hello. Go go ahead, uh, Bishop. We have a problem with uh, one of the guests. Go ahead. Bishop, can you hear me? All right. I think we've lost uh, the bishop. Um, Sister Tamron Lee, are you there? Sister Tamron Lee is also not there. I'm assuming even the rabbi is not there as well. Okay, uh, all of our guests seem the line seems to have dropped. So we're going to continue taking your calls. Oh eight nine one one four two zero seven. Since we are now full swing in our conversation, join us a conversation on oh eight nine one one four two zero seven, or you can send a text message. Let's go to Godfrey. Godfrey's in Hermanus. Godfrey's also gone. Okay, Godfrey is also gone. All right, uh, the, the text messages are also available. Who who's on the line now? Um. Okay, Godfrey, are you there? Yeah, I'm there, and I am. All right, go ahead, Godfrey. Yeah, I think uh, uh, about turning synagogues and churches into some sort of businesses, I think it's unworthy before God. But you still remember in the Bible, even Jesus, people who turn the market would be a place of gambling, a place of uh, selling goods, and so forth. So you're saying it is wrong? Yeah, I think so. So even if there is no worship happening there, it's still wrong? Yeah, it's still wrong. Why? Uh, in front of God, it, it, it's wrong, Religi- religiously. Remember, w- the example you made there of how Ch- Jesus turned the tables because he was fearing, he was upset that they were yeah. turning his father's house into a den of thieves. Um, it was because it was still currently being used as a place of worship. It was still, at the time, his father's house still. But we don't know even if that temple still stands today. Remember that the the temple in Jerusalem was torn down, rebuilt and torn down again and rebuilt about five times. If I remember quite well, perhaps the rabbi can help us here. But the the temple that was built by Solomon, intended to have been built by David, but later built by Solomon, torn down 
time and time again, rebuilt time and time again. And by the way, when it was torn down, you'd find goats and all sorts of people sleeping there because it was not at the time a place of worship. It was not a temple. Do you imagine that what those goats and those sojourners, when they slept there, they were doing an unholy thing? Remember the war between Islam and Judaism? You would find that when they took over, Jerusalem, they would take over even the stone on which that temple was raised. So what do we do? Is it no longer? How many, t- uh, how many times was the, 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 the temple, Solomon's temple, torn down and rebuilt again, Rabbi? Twice. Well, it was two temples from, uh, from a religious outpost standpoint. Of course, there, were, um, from the, there was a, a Christians built a church thereafter. Yes. And, of course, then there's the, the Dome of the Rock, which is from the uh, Muslims. But from a Jewish point of view, it's, uh, there's been two temples. Okay, all right. So therein lies the question. Many other communities of faith had used uh, places that were originally not meant for them or not started by them. I suppose that would be another conversation for another day. But that's what we're asking about now. 891 Bishop, you got cut while you were still explaining your position. Go ahead. Yes, I was insisting to, to explain that we should stop as the modern generation of being commercial and fashionable about spirituality. We, we, you go around the world, you find you, you like the ring, you like a necklace, you like the cloth, you like this, you like that, and you, you think it's cool just to get stuff and work. Yet, behind all these relics and artifacts, sometimes these things have directly been dedicated and evoked certain types of spirituality around them. So much that the person who is using whatever it is that you are using, whether it's a building or it's a relic yeah. or it's an artifact, yeah. you want to you want you want to be sure that you are in in full understanding and knowledgeable about the the type of spirituality that you are evoking with that quality of fashion and dressing. Okay. And and and, and it, it's not just about being fashionable. You're buying a rosary, hanging it on your neck, or buying you go to Benin. You go and buy a ring or you buy an, uh, even craft, for example, yeah. it, it, like, like idols, like masks yeah. and all those things, which are being used actually traditionally and is being used traditionally in certain worship services to evoke certain spirits. Yeah. And by now we know, we, we know there's a sacred drum, for example, in Venda, which you cannot play on any day. Yeah. They are played only on certain festivities and certain spirits hear those things. You collect yeah. those things, you bring them into your own space. If they're in harmony with your spirit, you're lucky. If they are not, you're bound to drive into some serious emotional, spiritual turmoil. So I would rather say, stay away from stuff that you don't know. If you want to use it, rather do a thorough research to find out what is it all about. Hence, in my space, for example, I make my own things, my own self. So that I don't know, I don't want them dedicated to someone else. Then I'm, I collect them for my own personal use. Okay. Uh, since you're representing the Christian fam- uh, community, um, Rabbi, uh, sorry, Bishop. So where would you get that from in your Bible? The Bible is rather the Bible is today. You would quarrel with me if I give you my my perspective on that, because in as much as we believe that we are Christians. Our Christianity does not want to look uh, towards Jerusalem. Our Christianity wants to look towards uh, London. It wants to look towards Washington. What do I mean by that? If Christianity was honest to the authenticity of the Bible itself, the scriptures, 
the, the culture which must be governing the Christian community must rather be a Hebraic Jewish culture. But right now we are stuck with European culture, which is very far from the biblical culture. And for that reason, therefore, you find that we are confused. We dress up like Europeans, yet we want to read the Bible that is Jewish, and we want to try and translate into African language. So we have a schizophrenic uh, Christian environment, and I think that's a discussion for another day. I, I agree. And quite frankly, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying when you're saying that they're supposed to be looking in that direction because when Solomon built the temple, he said, when they pray, looking in that direction, you must uh, hear them. I, I understand that part, but I'd like to understand why is it that we are no longer allowed, as, as far as you and the rabbi are concerned, we're not supposed to use these relics, as you have called them, even though they are not, I'm not using it for, for that purpose. I'm using a jewelry item. I'm using a building. It's built on mortar and brick. Why can't I use it? Quite frankly, I don't even believe in that God. Uh, Paul in your Bible says it doesn't matter whether you eat food offered to idols or not. Quite no. frankly, idols don't exist. They're a piece of wood. If you have no conscience issues and you're not offending the weaker brother, go ahead, eat. That's according to your Paul. Okay. Why then would you forbid that very thing? I'll give you, I'll give you a simple one that will maybe put context to your conversation. Okay. The, Philist- the Philistines in the book of... Uh, was in the book of um, uh, is it Kings? Is it Kings? There was Samuel. Samuel. The Philistines, the book of Samuel, they went and collected the whole ark yes. of the covenant into their own tents. You know the story well. You can Google it for me quickly there. And when they kept the ark of the covenant, the Bible then said they had boils, they had sores, they had diseases, and there was famine and all sorts of chaotic things happening in that environment. Yeah. When they tried to investigate, what did happen? Your call has been placed on hold. Okay. Is that your your line, Bishop, that has put us on hold? But you are clear to know that when you collect something that belongs to a certain God or to a certain spirit, you are collecting the spirit with you also. Nebuchadnezzar collected the relics from the temple. His grandson, Belshazzar, tried to start drinking from those utensils. Yeah. The story is that the, the writing came up on the wall. The rest of the story is clear. Yeah. So without necessarily having to look at a couple of more... Your call has been placed on hold. Becomes Your call has been placed on... All right. Um, just coming up with nice examples there, the bishop, but now we're losing them in, 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 in this call that is putting us on hold. Which network is this that is disturbing us? All right. Um, uh, uh, bishop, can you hear me? Bishop is gone. All right, Tamron, let's bring you in. Sister Tamron Lee, also from the, uh, the, Reba, the Rastafari community. Uh, your perspective? Uh, give thanks to the Most High. Uh, I'm glad that the dreadlocks was used as a great example. Um, I and I faith is a separation. So this dreadlock in this 21st century has become a fashion statement. Um, although in my opinion, um, I wish that the folk knew um, how sacred it is because it divides us from the everyday modern life. Um, and therefore this dreadlock is so sacred to us. It's because it divides us from uh, cigarette smoking, uh, alcohol abuse, um, everything that is unjust and is not from the most high. So, yes, people have been using it as a fashion statement. In a sense, it is positive, uh, but they are very unaware of how the separation is made. And so 
I and I, as Rastafari people, need to live according to the Most High Will, which is Psalm 1 um, in the scroll, in the Bible. So we, we go by the Psalm 1 as Rastafari faith doesn't use the term religious or any uh, ritual nature. We live by a day-to-day psalm reading, Proverbs, um, a one to do good rhythm, heartbeat, uh, you know. So we don't deal with any religious views. For, for I and I, the religious views is based by one man controlling or indoctrinating a certain congregation. But so we deal with a way of life. Oh, hold on, um, Sister Tamron Lee. Sister Tamron Lee, forgive me for interjecting. Uh, Sister Tamron Lee, Sister Tamron Lee, yeah. I, I, forgive me for interjecting. I, we we appreciate what the Rastafari community stands for, but I'd like you to zoom in to the question we're trying to get answers to tonight. Is it wrong or is it permissible? Is it right for people to use these things that were originally for religious purposes and use them as a fashion statement, as you put it? Is anything wrong with me, who is not a member of the Rastafari community, to use um, uh, your uh, your dreadlocks as a fashion statement? Um, in my personal opinion, I don't <laughs> think that it gives the Rastafari faith um, enough credit. No, so no, Sister Tamron, we're not looking for your personal opinion. Uh, we're looking for your religious opinion. What does your religion, your faith say? That's why I've invited you to give us a relig- religious authority from the perspective of the rest of our right community. Well, INA faith does require that if you do wear a crown upon your head, that you act according to that crown. So in my view, people that are not practicing what goes with the crown, I don't think they should be a block. Um, I don't think it's permissible because they're not practicing the faith in the correct manner. But then again, uh, you, 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 Sister Tamron, along with the Christians, are, uh, are using a, a, a Hebraic God, a, 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 a Jewish God. You're using a Bible, for example. You're not even calling yourself uh, a, a, a Jew or a Hebrew, uh, but you use that Bible. You quote from it. You just told us about the writings of David. You just told us about all these. The, the, the book of Numbers is allegedly written by Moses. Uh, surely uh, there is a, a bit of... Uh, a, disconnecting your argument when you're going to say people who are not of the faith should not use that which is not originally in their faith and yet here you are a member of the Rastafari community and yet you're quoting a Jewish document what, where, where do we get that right how do we argue that way help me understand was that Sister Tamron Okay, we've lost Sister Tamron. All right, let's go to the lines. 0891-104-207-0891-104-207. And we'll read some text messages. Vuisilem Sweli says, Living in South Africa, we have accepted the Constitution as the supreme document. We're given all the freedoms. There is nothing wrong time and time or time to time to borrow from any ritual. Thank you. Thank you very much, Vuisil. That's a constitutionalist right there. SSS Mlungu says, To me, these practices do not mean much. It is people's choices. That's SSS 
Mshlungu. Um, uh, Bishop, um, I'd like you yes, to, to, to respond to the question that I was asking in Tamron. There is a tendency, uh, and in all of you as, as, as our guests, to be exclusive and uh, exclude anyone else who is not part of the in-group. Um, my worry is uh, right now in this circle of conversationalists, we have uh, the members of the Jewish faith represented by uh, Rabbi Nossel. We have yourselves as Christians uh, represented by Bishop and Maponga and then also Sister Tamron Lee uh, representing the versus fire community, all referencing a Hebraic document, a Jewish document albeit you Christians add to that the New Testament, but you still use the Jewish part, the Torah and the prophets and so forth, and yet you're not part of the Jewish community. Where lies the actual connect in your argument and your actual practice? Uh, That's a very very interesting uh, question that you're posing, and uh, you are exactly where I started, that the human species is, is all connected. In as much as we want to pro- propagate this all exclusivity between Rastafarianism, Christianism, etc., but the human element seems to, co- to connect us all together. There's a place where we meet together. Rastafarianism cannot come around and say we are the ones with perfect diet. Kosher, Hebraic stuff also has a diet. Krishna has a diet. And if you look very carefully, even traditional African traditional religions also have a diet. Vegetarianism is not unique to Adventism, for example. It's a lifestyle. So in the midst of us debating, that's the greatest danger of religion. Religion excludes us. Religion separates us. Religion, you are this, I am this, you are this. And next, in fact, let me be declared upfront that one of the greatest evils that we have is politics and religion. Because people who are related, people who are related will be divided by, by, by belief systems which are all abstract in terms of function. But that's what so you I, are I doing. Not, in... I don't want to put myself in that class of uh, being exclusive. I'd rather maybe shift slightly and be on the inclusive side. All I'm propagating is that if you are going to be using these relics and these artifacts, convert into them, understand them, study them, so that you don't evoke spirits that you cannot deal with. Okay. So now your answer is, it is not permissible for people who are not prepared to convert into them. So I cannot use a rosary as a jewelry item unless I convert to Catholicism, for example. No, you can. Some of them are harmless. But some of them that really have a proper evocation on them, you, you better know what you're dealing with. You cannot walk up to, 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 to Nigeria or Benin and, ever and go and pick up an artifact that is sitting in front of another god that you don't know. And that thing breathes by itself. And you hang it on yourself and you think there are no repercussions spiritually. Okay. They are. Rabbi, we're listening to um, a very interesting conversation going in in a very interesting direction. I'm I'm trying to understand now that um, the the, the Jewish God, or at least from the time of Judah, or even going back to the time of of Jacob, way back to the time of Isaac, Abraham, you find that um, this God was not as exclusive as you 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 readers of the Bible uh, paint him out to be. He seems to be welcoming everyone. He includes everyone, even this very Abraham who was now called by God. Uh, he was not a monotheist as he didn't even believe in this God. He believed in a number of gods. Quite frankly, he created these gods. He would make idols. He himself. It seems as though this God is a God that 
involves everyone into this thing, even though um, it has no issue. If you want to be part of the family, circumcise them. That's what your Jewish God would say. Why, 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 why are we exclusivist uh, about this, Rabbi? Um, that's a long question you asked. Uh, parts of it, I uh, I think, need to be explained and perhaps even corrected. Okay, okay. Um, and and the, the thrust of what you said, I must say, is is that we, we you said correctly, or, uh, or the opposite of what you said. You said why is it not an inclusive approach to all of mankind? It is. It is. That is what Abraham stood for. It says so. His name is the father of many nations, the father of a multitude of nations. Abraham is, and isn't it amazing that all of, of at least those who tap into um, to God as a being, a single being, are all descended from Abraham. But Abraham cared about everybody. Abraham was the person who united the world. And I, from our tradition, no, he didn't have other gods. Abraham was a deeply, deeply committed monotheist. He would only bow down to one god. But on the other hand, I don't think Abraham will even necessarily be so upset that he, he might have been misunderstood by saying he had other gods, because Abraham had a greater mission than one god. And that was exactly what you're saying. He cared about God's creations. He cared about all of mankind. He cared about the world. And that is what we should celebrate. I was so happy to hear what the bishop had to say. I, I agree with him in such, in, in such a strong way. And when religion divides us, when, when the rituals separate us, so we have to ask, what is going on? Abraham would not have got joy from that. Abraham did not want us to all be family and we we, 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 we put it, each other down because our practices and our tools and our, our, our articles differ. That's not the way he wanted, and that's not the way we should go. I'm with the bishop. Okay. Uh, let's, let's try um, uh, yeah. and, and, and go back to Sister Tamron. Sister Tamron, are you there? Yes, good evening. I'm still here. All right. You, you, are, you are still answering. I wanted to hear your answer. Sister Tamron. Okay. All right. We just lost our line to Sister Tamron again. All right. I'm going to read some text messages and then uh, we come back and uh, we're still taking your calls at 0891-104-207-0891-104-207. Uh, if you prefer to send a text message, you can send the text message to 40938. One text reads, Matthew eighteen nineteen, where two or more meet in my name, I'll be there. All the other nonsense is nothing. That person doesn't cite what their name is. Another one says, it is not good to use spiritual temple or places because it will affect you because you provoked those spirits that are being worshipped there. Jeremiah Tarurera at Artbiasport. Okay, thank you very much, Jeremiah. Uh, another one says, I've seen a photo of Jesus. In this photo, he is wearing a necklace with a cross. 
that they said he was crucified on. This left me with a big question. Thanks, Isaac. Got your question, Isaac. Nice comic relief there. Another text says, to me, these practices do not mean much. It is people's choices. Okay, we read that one. Dreadlocks were long, long used by traditional healers called Amavitan before Rastafarianism. Ras Rubin. Interesting point. Ras Rubin. Ras Rubin counter-arguing what Sister Tamron Lee, who has now left us uh, for one way, I don't know how this line keeps on cutting when we have to speak to her. Uh, But I want us to conclude our conversation by saying, if we are able to be exclusive, do we have a scriptural reference to do that? Do we have, or are we just being... uh, Uh, precious about these religious rituals, relics, buildings, and so forth. Is there a religious text that we can have to back up these arguments we're advancing tonight? I'm going to ask you, Bishop, and then uh, uh, um, uh, Rabbi, shortly after this. Cherry Chairs Festival 2018 On the 10th of November at Fixback Showground we have Sepatsula, Hot Sticks, Fusinova, Semito, Mamiki, Duhai, Singu, Amanda Black, Distraction Boys and many more DJs, NIC, Buddha, Finzo, CQ Tickets available at Computicket from 300 and 350 at the gate Remember, no pass out. Gates open at 10 a.m. Quilla box allowed. One per person. Challenges Festival 2018. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. All right, um, let's have the rabbi respond. Rabbi, we're trying to get uh, some some authority now, some scriptural authority. I understand uh, that you'll probably be restricting yourself to the Old Testament. We have no issue with that. Please share with us some textual evidence of this theory that you've been um, um, uh, teaching us tonight. That's a hard one. Uh, no, I'm not going to study more. I've only just begun. But I'll bring you an interesting source, nevertheless. Perhaps the listeners have sources themselves, which are better than this one, but it's an interesting one. It comes from Psalms. You can look it up. It's in Psalms chapter 119, verse 165, the longest chapter in the entire Psalms, the entire Bible, actually. And the Hebrew says, Shalom Rav Lo'ohave Sorosecho. What what verse are you reading, Rabbi? It's uh, verse 165. 165. Okay. All right. Go go ahead. Translation there. I I have the English version. That's correct. Yes. So I'll read the English. Continue. Sure. Would you like me to read it in English? Let's get your your translation, please. Okay. Great peace have they, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Yes. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, the Hebrew uses the word ve'en lamo michshol. Now michshol is not an offense. Michshol means a stumbling block. Okay. So when we have that verse, do not place a stumbling block before the blind, it uses that same word. Okay. So it's a stumbling block. So, so other, other than that, I, I think the translation's uh, uh, valuable. Um, there is abundant peace for the lovers of your law, and there is no stumbling, stumbling block for them. 
and, and what that verse is saying is that those who love your law, you know what it means for them? Abundant peace. There's abundant peace for those who love your law, because that's what your law is all about. It's about abundant peace. And if your law is not taking us to abundant peace, we cannot be considered lovers of your law. And there's not to them stumbling. It's when those laws become something other than abundant peace that they are the stumbling block to ourselves. All people have a right and have a place with ritual, with law, with religious law. But it always needs to be understood to be abundant peace. It must bring abundant peace. And the fact that the Jewish people have so many laws, we have what's called 613 commandments. We have so many. Not that only the Ten Commandments, we have 613. It's not because we're more special or because we feel that we are greater. It's because we feel that that will get us and allow us to tap into abundant peace in a very powerful and a very uh, and deep way. But not everybody has to tap into the ritual in order to achieve that abundant peace. There's abundant peace by people using their own understanding, by using those rituals that they want to tap into. And this is the tolerance that we need to have. We need it through the 613. The Muslims need it in through where they get their abundant peace from. The Christians, from their source. As long as we're all focused and looking and seeking for that abundant peace, we will not be stumbling on that law okay. those rituals. Alright, I'm to read this version which perhaps will tally with what you were saying. This one is the NIV, the New International Version. It reads, same verse, 119.165 Great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. I'm hoping that is uh, more commensurate with what you were trying to uh, portray there, Rabbi. Bishop, your your turn. Um, um, do you have text to support? I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you two texts only. Okay. All of them in the Old Testament. The first one is Daniel 5, but it's a long chapter. Okay. But the story there is that when you tamper with holy utensils, be ready to deal with the honor of those utensils. Okay. The second one is uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3, uh, 1, to 1, 2, and 3, on the calling of Moses. And then the Bible says, take off your shoes. The ground on which you are standing is holy. So when it comes to the geographical locations that have been dedicated for worship, enter those spaces with understanding that they represent and they evoke the spirits to which they've been dedicated to. When it comes to utensils, uh, be careful, man. Don't just go collecting things and make yourself a, a collecting place of spirits. You end up dealing with other things that are way beyond your hand. Okay. Um, in in the in the, I understand the the mosaic sure. example there, Bishop. But my curiosity is on the um, uh, the, the, the Daniel five example. What yeah. is, is it expressly mentioned that the king was not supposed to have used the holy utensils? We do understand he was judged, but is that the reason why he was judged and found found wanting many many tekel ufarsin? Is 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 that the reason why? I actually think that if he had just slept with these women and he had drunk his beer and everything else, there was no problem. Okay. The textual evidence seems to, to create a problem when he said, let us go and collect those utensils. Yeah. And let us also drink from them. If you can just go on the text nicely, 
it would seem to highlight that it was the usage of the utensils that evoked the writing on the walls. Yeah. That's my, my, my suggestion, that if you are to use any emblems that have been specifically dedicated to a certain particular use, yeah. you would want to do that with, with caution. Uh, so that you do not end up inviting uh, the supernatural into the space in which you cannot accommodate. I hear you, uh, Bishop. I want to read exactly what Daniel's response is to the king. Remember the king um, calls upon all these wise people to come and explain what this writing is, and then all of them can't explain it, and then they call Daniel, and then Daniel uh, gives an answer. And I want to read the answer that Daniel gives as to what the writing means and what it says. I'm going to read it from chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to begin from verse 18. Your majesty, or no, verse 17. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. 18. Your majesty, the most high God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Verse 19, because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples, every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from the people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of the heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign all over kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. Verse 22, But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold of bronze and iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. Blah, blah, blah. Mene, mene, tekel, parsi, so forth. So it seems as though um, the, 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 the vases or the goblets are merely one of the transgressions that he was condemned for, but mainly it was because he did not humble himself as he was supposed to, Bishop. The passage passage suggests that uh, weighed, weighed, counted, counted, found wanting. Yeah. In other words, his character, his character and behavior is the one that was weighed and counted. Yes. And he was found deficient. If you follow, if you are following that, I understand. Well. That's correct. Yes. So that, so that the judgment itself was on the basis of failing to behave correctly. Not because of the just the utensils, but all of his behavior, including the utensils, the goblets. You can you can classify. You can, in, in that case, then put it in context. Say he was weighed on relationships. He was weighed on utensils. He was weighed on drunkenness. So on the on all three, so you cannot separate them yeah. and try to remove to remove uh, the artifacts Indeed. from the greater space. Correct. So Correct. I'd rather make it all inclusive. Yeah. The, the whole idea of weighing, weighing, count, counting, 
means that he failed to live up yeah. to keep his hands off away from sacred things. All right. I want to conclude our conversation by reading this text message. Begimandla. Um, um, from Scottberg, South Coast. He says, and this is our final word on the matter, uh, you can decide for yourself, don't do something you have no understanding of. I won't put a tattoo on my body just for fashion on any day. That's hashtag Begimandla. Oh, Begimandla, beg your pardon. Begimandla from Scottberg, South Coast. Uh, Rabbi, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Bishop, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. And also to Sister Tamron, who is no longer on the line, we thank her nonetheless for picking up her phone. And for me, Nayalu Pondona and the team, have a wonderful evening and Godspeed. It's now time for the news.